Thank you for listening to the Grace Church Podcast, where you can find teachings, Bible studies, and words of encouragement for any season. For more resources, you can go to graceorlando.com. Okay, so we're going to talk this topic, which is the two towers, okay? Biblically, there are two different towers that we need to acknowledge and to understand what they're both for. Today, I'm just going to lay a foundation. This is going to be a month-long class uh, of what the two towers are and how it works. And then we're going to talk a lot more about the details of those two towers, okay? The first tower is Adam, and that's the law. The second tower is Jesus, and that's grace. Matter of fact, the word for tower that we're going to see in the scriptures today, in the Hebrew and the Greek, it means a castle and a temple. It means a castle and a temple. Okay, so right off the bat, Jesus says something and he's talking to his disciples. How many of you know that it's impossible to be a disciple of Jesus Christ according to the standards of the day of the Hebrew culture? They all failed. All of them failed. One form or fashion or another, they failed. Well, John didn't fail. Yes, he did. Hey, can I be sitting with you, you know, at the table? He failed. It was all about him. You know what I mean? So, matter of fact, you're going to find out the word disciple after the book of Acts is never used again. What's used after that is the Pauline epistle, Revelation, which is sons and daughters. Sons and daughters. Big difference. Okay. So, anyways, uh, the first verse that we're going to use is in Luke 14, 28, 29. It says, any of you who wishes to build a temple or a tower or a castle and doesn't sit down first and count the cost, whether he can finish it. What if you build that foundation and aren't able to finish the, the tower, the temple, or uh, the castle? Guess what? The people who watched you trying to build it are going to turn around and mock you. Why would Jesus say something like that? See, he said, count the cost. We're going to get into that in a second. But how would these Jewish disciples take in what Jesus was saying. I mean, that's a little strange. A tower. You know, you want to build a tower. Okay, uh, we're following you, Jesus. Why would we be building a tower, right? So what was he talking about? Now, remember this. In every boy and girl that was of, in the Jewish culture, from six years old to 12 year old, they would have went to Bet Safar. Right here. Bet Safar, okay? Bet is house, Safar is knowledge, the house of knowledge. And for six years, they would have learned the Torah or the Pentateuch, which is the five books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So when they heard about an unfinished tower in their minds, they went back to the Tower of Babel. Because he's, remember, he's writing to the Jews here. This is for Jewish people. This isn't for us. Listen, it isn't, it's written for us, but it's not written to us. That's very important to understand when you're reading scripture. It's all written for us, but it's not written to us. Okay, do you got that? All right. So the first thing they would have done is going to gone to the Tower of Babel. We're going to get to that in a second. Okay. So he said, count the cost. Why would Jesus want to? If you look at the whole context of, the, of this chapter, he's talking about them being a disciple. And it was impossible for them to fulfill and walk in the shoes of Jesus in of themselves count the cost. He wanted them to count the cost because they were all trying to be his disciples 
when in the end he knew that was a failing system that was going to pass and a new system was going to take its place and they were going to be sons of God. Big difference. Disciple, son of God, daughter of God. Okay, so what I really like about this is they weren't able to finish it. Anything that they started as trying to be a disciple, they wouldn't be able to finish it. Peter boasted out of all of them, said, Lord, these all might forsake you, but I won't. He was the first one. There's a lot of discipleships and things like that. I, you know, if, if me and Kim ever run one of those, which our heart's desire is to, we will never call it a discipleship because we're not building disciples. We're building sons and daughters. And when a son or a daughter know who they are in Christ, they will live in a victorious life. Okay. It's, it's getting rid of some of the old thinking that we've had being in church all these years. It's getting rid of it and putting in a new way of thinking, Jesus's way of thinking. Because if they could have done it, Jesus said, hey, you all can go build that temple. You don't need me. But he said, ah, count the cost. You can't build it. He already knew the end result before I got there. You couldn't finish it because there's only one that could say it is finished. In Genesis 11:4, it talks about building a tower. Now listen to this. And they said... Let us build a city and a tower that may reach the heavens and that we may make a name for ourselves. Now, if you go back and you do the study, they didn't use stones, God-made. They used bricks, man-made. Let me say that one more time. Remember, this is man's self-effort. This is God's miracle-working power. Let me say that one more time. This is man's effort. This is God's miracle working power working in us and through us to bring forth something that we could have never done. Because if we could have, Jesus would have never needed to come. Okay. It says, let us build a tower to the heavens. See, do you understand? Man could never make his way up to God after the fall. He could never make his way up to God. So Jesus took man's place and died crucified that old Adam, and then we were put in him, and we were taken and set at right hand of the Father so we could be in the place where God always wanted us to be. Do you understand? Creation had its glory, but redemption has a greater glory. Because creation, Adam had dominion over the earth, but in redemption, we have dominion over everything. The whole universe is our playground. And then said, let us make a name. They were trying to make a name for themselves. They were the fallen Adam. They already had a name. They couldn't make a name for themselves, but they wanted to make a name for themselves. Remember the Proverbs, Proverbs uh, 22, 1. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. I used to think that meant I needed to have a good reputation. You know what Jesus said? Woe unto you if men speak well of you. Because the gospel is so counterintuitive. The church world doesn't get it. The world doesn't get it. Nobody gets it. Except those who have seen the goodness of God. And the goodness of God has led them to repentance. Do they truly see? Here, you can be born again and filled with the Holy Spirit and not know the goodness of God. I was, but think about that. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. There's only one name, the name above every name, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There's only one name that could be chosen. No other name. That's to be chosen, Jesus Christ. And loving favor. Instead of silver and gold, grace. That's, that's chesed, grace. Jesus and grace. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. Wow. So as we move on, so who can build 
this tower that we dwell in. Well, let's see what the scripture says. We even go back to the Old Testament in Psalms 127.1. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, the labors labor in vain. That's like saying work to enter into his rest or labor to enter into his rest. It's almost like an oxymoron. What, what is he saying, right? And so anyways, what he's saying is this. Only he can build the house that we can dwell in and his miracle working power working in us and through us in that house, right, will be able to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Because if we could have done the fruit of the Spirit on our own, Jesus would have never needed to come. One of his agendas when he came was to get rid of the old man completely. So let's look at this next scripture. Oh, even before that, Jesus said, tear down this temple and I'll build it up in three days. He wasn't talking about the temple. Although the temple would be an indication in 70 AD that it was torn down, that there was no more a place for man to go into a temple and worship, but the man himself would become the temple of God. Yes, that is true. But here he's talking about his body. What he's talking about is he's going to become the old Adamic nature, be judged, condemned, and punished, right? Crucified, die, buried, resurrected and ascended and taking us with him so we sit together with him in heavenly places you have the most prime real estate in heaven right now because you're in christ and nobody not even angels compare to the position that you have right now not even angels and people have books about angels and worship angels angels are real and and there's nothing wrong with knowing that you have guardian angels right but in the end we have a higher position than them Matter of fact, I, there's a lot of stuff out there on it, but there's even angels that said, I, I want that person. I want to watch over that person for their entire life. You know, I mean, just think about how cool that is. Like an angel would want to do that for you. Ooh, because we're so special. We are God's prime creation. And it fell, and he only saw it fit not to just bring it back to the standard it was in the Garden of Eden, but bring it all the way to where you're sitting at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. Wow. So that was in John 2, 19. Tear down this temple and I'll build it up in three days. And he did. He came up with a new temple that we would dwell in. I love it. He's in us and we're in him. And Ecclesiastes says a three-corded uh, rope doesn't get separated. That's it. Us, Jesus, tied with the Holy Spirit. Ooh. Okay, so anyways, uh, so let's look at this new creation and what this new creation brings forth, okay? What is it all about? What's going to be the end result of you knowing you are? By the way, can you just, th th we're going to talk about this in the future, can you be in this tower but live over here? Yes, yes you can. I did it for years. You can be under law. Matter of fact, there, there's a resurrection of the law in the church right now. So why, why, why are people going back to the law? Think about this. Why, if you were here, would you get over here? Because you got an expectation of how you think things work. And when things don't work out of life, you think, well, I'm doing something wrong, so I need to go to something else. That's what I did. I went to the law. I, man, I was part of a Masonic church. 
I didn't eat uh, shellfish. I didn't eat pork. Um, you know, all, I kept all that stuff. And it made me worse off than I ever was before. It did. It made me worse. My porn addiction grew worse than it ever did before to where it was totally uncontrollable. And then I was ready for grace. See, until you know through your experience something that you can't get yourself out of, you'll never know a level of grace that people that do. And we all have those things. So guess what? We all, we all fit into that bag. Amen? Okay. Um, so anyways, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.70, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, thing, all, all things have become new. Now, what's interesting, therefore, so whenever there's a therefore in the Bible, always remember that there's something that proceeded to get to this to a conclusion where listen to what's being said right here because this is most important. In other words, everything that I said before this was to lead up to this one verse so that you would fully understand what I was talking about. And if you go back and read before, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, so basically he was saying the old passed away. Well, Eric, I sort of see sin in the flesh still. Yeah, we have sin in the flesh, but... Our nature and who we are isn't that sin in the flesh. And matter of fact, if you read Romans 8, 1 through 3, that sin in the flesh has been condemned. So even anything that you thought, you said, or had a desire for that wasn't becoming of who you are in Christ, Jesus bore it at the cross and it was judged, condemned, and punished that God would never condemn you for those things ever again. Go back and read that, Romans 8, 1 through 3. Okay? So um, isn't this just freeing to know? Rest can come. Listen, you, it, Eric, describe another word for grace. Rest. The work's been finished. I can rest. And the more that I rest, God's working in me, his miracle working power, his dunamis working power to do things that I could never do on my own to bring forth the fruit of the Spirit. You're just a vessel. And his divine miracle working power is him plugging into you, giving you something that you didn't have before. But now you have it. So you can bring forth the fruit of the Spirit. Now our lives aren't perfect. We, we, we all living with some sort of sin in the flesh, some wounds, some things that are going on. And guess what? It's okay. But you can rest in the midst of it because as far as God's concerned, that person, think about this. Let me give you a picture. That fallen Adamic nature that you used to be, that used to represent all of mankind and all of its sin, past, present, and future, God took at the cross and laid it upon Jesus, imputed it to him set it to his account, and he became that sin, that identity and all that sin. And he was judged, condemned, and punished to the full extent of God's law to where now that has passed away. And God's, in God's sight, he can't see it no more. Why? This word, par ekomahi, right? It literally means that it's in the past tense and it doesn't exist anymore. That word's in the past tense, past way. It's past tense. That means it did at one time, but it no longer does. God doesn't see it. See, it doesn't matter as much as what me and you see or what others see about us. It matters what he sees. And he says it's passed away. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, after everything I said, if anyone is in Christ, 
he or she is a new creation. Old things have passed away, past tense. It did at one time, but it doesn't exist any longer. Behold, all things are new. And that's what it's like to be here. See, the more you know who you are, the more you'll live out who you are. See, we have a whole bunch of people in the church, and I used to be one of them, and in some areas I still am, that they're trying to make the old Adam dressed up and put perfume or cologne on it and clean it up and make it look, it's dead. It's a corpse. It's like getting a corpse out of the ground and trying to clean it up and get it all looking right. No matter what you do, it's never going to do it. Better picture here, right? Are you guys getting this? Okay, so what's the end result of this? What, what is Grace Spring? See, I've been, I've, if you don't know, if you've just came in here, I've been under Grace for 14 years. I've been learning about Grace and studying it and experiencing it, going through good times, bad times, things that I never thought I would go through. And Grace has brought me through. What's the end result, though? Because, you know, a lot of people are saying, man, you're just making license to sin. Right? I mean, if you've heard this and you've been out there and you try to share the goodness of God, all of a sudden, well, what about this? There's always those people out there. And that's okay. Guess what? They don't know. They're still trying to take that corpse and clean it up and show it there, walk around. Yeah, see me? Yeah, see how good I look? That's all they're doing. Just like we all did at one time. So I got two scriptures here. Romans 6, 11. Likewise, reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin but alive to God and Jesus Christ. Dead indeed to sin. Now, did you know this is a noun? It's not a verb, sin. So right here, we've got hamartia, which is a noun, which is a person, a place, or a thing. You used to be the old Adamic nature. You used to live in Adamville, and you used to, used to do Adam things, but that's not who you are anymore. Guess what? It's dead indeed. It's not just dead, it's dead indeed. And that word dead, necros, it literally means complete death. There's no breath left in that person. When you understand that you're dead to sin, listen, this only comes from revelation through the Holy Spirit. Like when I'm speaking, the Holy Spirit is convincing you of this truth. And the more that you sit under that teaching is the more that he'll convince you. That's what faith is. Pisteo, it's, it, it's basically God convincing you of the truth of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So every time that you're coming in here, you're being convinced more and more and more. And then one day it comes up and it's like, oh my God, this is real. And then it becomes a truth that you actually live out in your life. All right, last verse, Romans 6, 14. Sin, noun, got to make it, because if it's verb, people think action. They think they, that, that, you know, it's what they did. You know what I'm saying? No, it, it all starts with a noun. Okay, and so shall not have dominion over you because you're not under law, but under grace. Sin shall not have dominion over you, shall not, double negative ume, have not dominion over you. It's impossible for it to have dominion over you because you're not under law, the old Adam, but you're under grace, Jesus. I was, I was looking at this yesterday and I was like, what does this mean? I am not under law, but I'm under grace. And if I am under law, sin will have dominion over me. But if I'm under grace, sin won't have dominion over me. 
well, I know what it's like to have sin have dominion over me. It takes total control of my life, and I'm powerless over it. But what is grace? His undeserved favor produces in us ability to live free of things that before would have us in bondage. But that, that wasn't even the part, okay? Under. It says under. You're not under law, but you're under grace. So it's the word under, which is the Greek word hupo. And then it came to me. So when people say, oh, well, you know, you're just given license to sin, you know. Um, you know, this person, they came to your church one time and they heard grace and then they went out and they sinned, right? If you've never heard this stuff, I didn't, listen, I didn't get grace in a grace church. I didn't. I got grace in a church that was mixed with law. So I never knew until I came to this church what it was like to be in a church that actually preached grace from the pulpits. I had no idea. I didn't even know what that was like. And so to be under, so here it is. Just as if you were under the sun, you would get tan, right? And saying that you would be under the sun and you wouldn't get tan would be like saying, oh, well, you know, you're under grace, but you're sinning. Did you get that? Let me bring it, let me bring it another way. So think about the cause and effect. If you go lay out in the sun, you're going to get tan. Well, guess what? If you're under grace, sin won't have dominion over you. It would be impossible for you to be under the sun and not get tan, just like it would be impossible for you to be under grace and sin having dominion over you. In the same way, it's just like, well, guess what? If you're under law, that would be like sun. And what would be the result? Sin will have dominion over you. So it's actually impossible for you. And when I mean sin to me, I'm talking about it controlling your life. The, the word actually means lordship over you. Right? To have lordship over you. Um, and so, uh, so when you look at that and you're just like, wow. So, if I, so when people say, oh, well, you know, I had this one girl that we, uh, we used to minister to in Texas. She went through the rehab that I, that I used to uh, teach at. And only two people have done this ever under, under when, I, when I was teaching. Only two people. Oh, well, so I can do whatever I want now. I had two people say that. That's it. Everybody else, they were like, I'm not too sure about that right now. Or they were like, oh my God, that's the greatest news I've ever heard. Thank God. You know what I mean? But only two people. So when people say, oh man, you're just, you're just spreading licentiousness. You're just telling people that they can sin. They can do whatever they want. You know, blah, 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 blah. And you know, the truth of the matter is, in my experience over the last 14 years, only two people had that response. Okay? And... Um, Everybody else that I know that, that they, they actually got the grace. Just because you hear it one time doesn't mean you've received it. Your mind's got to be renewed to a point to where you're like, this is real. I receive that. This is the truth. God doesn't see that old man anymore. He just sees me in Christ. And when you're living under that, guess what? Sin shall not have dominion over you anymore. And it's a process. We're not going to say, and every person's different. You know, I mean, if you're if you're listening one time a week and coming to church on Sunday, it's going to take a lot longer. It possibly could than the person that's listening every day. And there's sermons. There's a plethora of stuff that you can listen out there about grace. I could tell you five people right now that you could listen to, you know, uh, every day on their podcast. And it's grace and it's grace and it's grace. But the whole point of this was to show you this is what the end result is 
now we're going to go through in the following weeks. What if you're caught up in both, though? What if you're walking the middle ground? What if you're over here on Adam's side, but you're also on Christ's side? This, these kind of things. And we're going to talk about the reasons why people are that. Because So I gave a general statement about this, right? Everybody understands that. I gave a general statement. But now I'm going to break down details why we still have people, even that they're, they're under a grace ministry, but they haven't gotten there yet, What's causing that? And we're going to go through all those things. And if not just for ourselves, right? But so that we may understand people better so we can help them. And I'll share this last thing and then I'm done. Uh, I remember um, when I was in Texas and, and we were doing the grace ministry. And uh, I came, I was, I was hard. When I was under law, I was hard on people. I really was. I mean, I was mean. I was really mean. And it came from a, 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 a self-righteousness that I thought because I wasn't doing drugs and living that full lifestyle, but I had other kind of stuff in my life. You know what I mean? And um, I was very hard and judgmental on, on people. And my greatest teaching was you need to be holy. Listen to Pastor Matt's teaching on that. Total opposite of what I used to teach. And I remember uh, what happened was and this, because and, I was treating people wrong, you know what I mean? And I didn't even see it. I, felt, I thought that's what they needed to get right. Like, we got to tell, you know, tell them the truth. That's what we used to say. Got to tell them the truth. They're wrong and they need to get right. They ain't going to help nobody. You don't think people don't already know deep down that they're wrong? Of course they do. They need to hear loving kindness, mercy, and grace. And so anyways, he said this, and this is where we're going to continue next week. He said, son... And this was after this event. So basically, I was an overseer in the discipleship that I was. So I was in charge of a, a crew of guys. And um, there's this one guy that me and my, my friend, we didn't like him at all. I mean, just for whatever, we just did not like him, okay? We're actually friends now, but like before, did not like him. And um, all of a sudden, we were back on the regular crew, and he became our overseer. I had no lie. I'm not going to lie to you. I had a knot in my stomach for three days. And, you know, I was like, man, how, how could we got restored? Not too much later. We got restored and got our own cruise again. But I don't believe God took me out of that position. I don't believe that. I believe man took me out of that position. But I believe God allowed it because he wanted me to see, Eric, you're treating people wrong. I would get all over him for whatever reason, you know, that, oh, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, get all over him, you know, you need to choose to stop. And uh, so anyways, he said, son, don't ever look at what a person's doing. Ask, ask me the question, why are they doing it? And that, that, that was the start of grace getting ready to come in and take over to where I understood how to properly treat people. Listen, don't expect anything from this man. He'll let you down every time. And don't expect anything from somebody that's, that, that's in this tower, but they're still living here. All they can produce is sin having dominion over them. They can't help it. And those are the people that we're going to talk about and how to help them. Obviously, if you're in this place, then, hey, that's the great pla greatest place to be. You know what I mean? And so we'll go through uh, next week. How do people get into that? Why are they like that? So this will help us with people that are in the church. 
and this will help us with people who are not in the church that we want to belong in the church. I'll just tell you right now, man, one word, I'm just going to sum it up. People need it. They just need to know they're loved. Nothing else matters. Like you could say, you could give me all the doctrine in the world and all that, even grace doctrine. You can give me all, but to show somebody that you actually love them will do more than an hour's worth of talking, than a Bible study. I'm telling you, it just, it, it will, man. You know, that, that random act of kindness will say more to that person about the God you're talking about and you'll be actually representing him properly because he's not angry and he loves them. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time. I thank you for all these precious people that came in, in, uh, this morning to receive. And I just pray that they're le leaving different ways of thinking, hearts being healed, miracles working, uh, healings coming forth. I feel like there's some of you that have some kind of elements um, that you haven't really talked about. He's healing those things and, and, he, and he's working on those things behind the scenes. He knows about it. He's taking care of you. And Father, we just thank you that as we go through this next month of these teachings, not only will we leave better for ourselves, but we'll leave out better to help other people because what's all this if we get everything for us, but we're not helping anybody outside of our little circle? And Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that as we go out today, that you would lead us even to people. We don't even have to need to know what we're saying. You'll give us the words to say, to bring life to people that are out there that are broken and that are hurting. And we thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, amen.